And welcome to Strikes Are Fancy. So, how'd my A's turned out? Hey, pretty good. Yeah, all right, yeah, all right. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I mean, just just learning that there was data transmitted in them. I, I mean, I got the message. Is that <laughs> what those are? Yeah, actually. I didn't know that. I mean, it, it serves both purposes to get your attention, but there's like a data stream somehow encoded in them. Huh. But I am your first host, announcer Caleb. I'm one of your other hosts, Calamity Craig. And I'm the road warrior, Rob. Mad Rob. Yep. You got it. <laughs> we're talking about apocalypses tonight. Oh, I thought we were talking about the emergency broadcast system. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that Rob's history hour? Isn't that the next episode? <laughs> it's a pretty broad topic, but like our favorite apocalypses, you know, our favorite, uh, maybe the most unique we've seen in media realistic mm-hmm. ones stuff that it could actually happen i don't know one of the questions i had for you guys going forward or the first question i have really what is your favorite apocalypse in fiction hmm i knew this question was coming and you had and nothing. i have an answer and you guys aren't gonna like it oh <laughs> go for it my favorite post-apocalyptic story is star trek <laughs> <laughs> established in season one the roots of the Federation came out of the eugenics wars, which became World War Three, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. decimated the human population. Only one in ten. Mm-hmm. Oh, that doesn't. That's not that bad. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, it is interesting. The numbers that have been said don't quite make sense because they're kind of based on the population in the sixties. Sure. And with the explosion in population that we have now. Not that many people died. Mm. <laughs> I mean, still millions. But well, yeah. so do we? Do we get to count Star Trek as an apocalyptic story? Because we don't really get to see it on screen. We're seeing. We're. Are we? Are you classifying Star Trek as a post-apocalyptic show? Yeah. Okay. It literally is. Okay. Yeah. I don't buy it. <laughs> I mean, I buy it. I get that it's in the history and the lore. You are technically correct, sir. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> You're right. Well, we didn't like I, it. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You called it. Uh, well, it's just I I don't know that. Uh, how can we hammer in on the tropes of apocalyptic stories when we don't get. The- That's what I love about it yeah. is you don't get the tropes of apocalypse stories yeah. because it's not an apocalypse. This is hundreds of years after an apocalypse. Yeah. So well, like the tropes that we look for in a post-apocalyptic media don't apply to star trek because mm-hmm. it's not it's not an apocalyptic show i like it be explicitly because it gives hope after an apocalypse how many apocalypses have there been in human history already i'll give you a hint it's a lot and nowadays we look at ourselves as like the paragon of human evolution like this is it this is human society and if this crumbles, that's it. We're done. But really, an apocalypse is just going to end the current way of life, except maybe climate apocalypse, which will kill us all. <laughs> but 
something will survive, and it'll just be a different way of the world. Nah, still don't buy it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's that's uh, I think the most stern I've seen you look, Caleb. You're, you were really not you were not uh, happy with that. Mm-hmm. I heard your argument, but I didn't listen to your argument. <laughs> Unacceptable. Try again. <laughs> I, Fine, Waterworld. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I just stumbled upon that the other day, and it was on a random scene where he I didn't realize that he was like trading dirt. Yeah, the currency in that movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, I haven't seen that in so long that I forgot about that stupid, stupid plot. <laughs> um, apparently, while I was researching this uh, episode, I did look into some of that. And apparently, Waterworld, the original cut, was three hours long. Whoa. That's a lot of just hanging out on the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> um, and most of what they cut like explains the societies that are there oh. and why certain people are the way that they are. And yeah, instead we were just left with Kevin Costner dealing with his boat problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kevin Costner with gills. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> For a 40-year-old movie? 95, actually. 95? That yeah. was it? 95? Yeah. I feel like that was a lot longer ago. He also has another one called The Postman. That is another like post-apocalyptic oh, three-hour yeah. movie. He was really riding high on those post-apocalyptic <laughs> yeah. movies in the 90s. Yeah. Rob, you you mentioned Waterworld after we forced you to move on from Star Trek. But do you <laughs> like the essentially the road warrior trope of the post apocalyptic? Do you do you like that the the idea of like society is banding together and there's a little bit of like survival of the strongest? No, I literally oh. don't like that. That's why I chose <laughs> Star Trek. Uh, it is a hope. fun, yeah. It is a fun kind of theme, and certainly I do enjoy the whole Mad Max storyline. Yeah. But I also, I like to see a, or a post-apocalyptic society where people are doing all right. I mean, it's definitely fun to see all the buildings crumbling and <laughs> take that billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I like a town coming together and yeah, we're going to get through this. Gotcha. You you like an apocalyptic story that still has hope, mm-hmm. not true, absolute oblivion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Caleb? I have a feeling you're a nihilist, Craig. Uh, in terms of my apocalyptic preferences, yes. yes. Um, no, just in life. <laughs> yeah. I think the the apocalyptic story that resonated with me the most, I think that I've ever consumed, is The Stand, um, mm-hmm. Stephen King's. A little too real story about uh, a, a pandemic that just wipes out most of uh, human society and or human civilization, and it's there's just a few few people stragglers left trying to cobble things together. And mm-hmm. then, it funnily enough, it does still have hope. You know, there is yeah. the you know the, the 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 colony that they form in Colorado Springs and fight. Uh, I can't think of his name. Randall Flag. Randall Flag. Thank you, Randall Flag down in Vegas. So I, I it's it's nice. I, I, a story wouldn't have any substance if literally everyone was dead. Like mm-hmm. you, you still need for it to be an engaging story. You need some conflict. So there needs to be someone alive mm-hmm. for an interesting story, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's not entirely true. Yeah. I do remember in grade school. So I, I don't know who the author was or what the story was even called, but it was, a, it was a post-apocalyptic story, but it was presented as a story about the technology of a smart home 
and how amazing it is that it just cleans, uh, you know, it cleans the stove itself. It cooks for itself. It orders its own food. Hmm. Um, and then only at the end is it revealed that, oh, actually, all of humanity died like a hundred years ago in a war. Yeah. So this house has just been running on yeah. its own. Just These machines are just operating yeah. for no one. It so yeah, a story where everybody's dead, but it was still interesting. Huh. It's a really good story. Ray Bradbury. Um, I think it let let fall soft rains or something like that because there is a description of the family silhouettes burned mm-hmm. onto the wall. Oh wow! Yeah, that might be it then. Yeah, yeah. No, I read that. It, it was really it. It's very striking. It's kind of beautiful and how mm-hmm. now the the machinery is still thriving and how it goes about its day right with with the decimation around it. Yeah. So it's the inspiration for Wally, kind of probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit, I should look and see if this exists. I would love a, essentially like a nature documentary style book of nature living in like the ruined ashes of humanity. Life after people. Yeah. Is that, wait, is that a thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh. It was a series on History Channel or Discovery, Discovery Channel. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. I should have to check that out. It sounds really cool. Yeah. They, they do, um, the wildlife returning to cities and how domesticated animals like become feral mm. and try to find whatever they can in the scraps of humanity. Sure. And, and don't they go like 500 years into the future or something like that? Depending like they, on, yeah, yeah, some episodes go like millions of years because they're, they're also highlighting like what happens to the stuff we left behind. Sure. So like our monuments and yeah. are using almost permanent, materials for really uh like single use plastics mm. or for like really impermanent things and how that will live along far well, far past humanity n- not to um not to whitewash it but there was a time in humanity or in the history of earth where wood was a forever material because huh. nothing had developed that could process wood so okay. you know there there could be something that that comes about that can Eat and process plastic. Yeah. But Caleb, what's your uh, what's your favorite flavor of apocalyptic backdrop? I am a classically trained nerd, so I got to say the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> Any honestly, like it 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 rises and falls in the zeitgeist of the yeah. like the public consciousness, but it's always with me. Like sure. I I consume zombie media kind of ferociously, no. even the the cheesy shit. The cheesy shit's the best. Yeah. Fido, <laughs> gold standard zombie movie. I'm not familiar <clears throat> with that one. It's, it's a, a post-apocalyptic movie where they've stopped the zombie apocalypse and zombies are pets. Yeah. It's it's a boy and his dog story. Yeah. Huh. But it's a yeah. zombie. Like, it's literally Old Yeller, but instead of a dog, Old Yeller is a zombie <laughs> named Fido. <laughs> How do you guys feel about uh, uh, respecting the humanity of a zombie? There like, is no humanity. No, you don't. Yeah, there's there's nothing left of the the person that once was. Mm-mm. No, no. Okay, that's what gives us free reign to shoot them in the head. Yeah. yeah. What about uh? What about the the potential in Last of Us where like they might still be in there? Well, if you find it, then <laughs> from that moment forward, then yeah, we can explore the humanity of zombies. Exactly. But until then, this is a survival situation, <laughs> and all bets are off. <laughs> and those aren't zombies they're infected oh okay get it right craig i i, I, I did not not up to date on uh 
on my uh, zombie apocalypse lore. But uh, but but speaking of, are you full of shit or are you whiz? It's time to find out in Craig's Quiz. Welcome to Craig's Quiz, the trivia game show that takes place within a podcast. I thought that was a perfect opportunity to, to, to highlight my misunderstanding about some, some of the apocalyptic scenarios we might be talking about. So this week on Craig's Quiz, it's the end of the world edition. I'm going to be asking you some questions about apocalypses, and I hope you guys have the, uh, the knowledge that you can drop on me so I can educate myself a little bit. Mm, let's go. It's going to be a lightning round, though. It's going to be a little quicker this week. I've got five quick questions. They should be real quick, simple answers. Kay. So you guys ready to dive into Craig's Quiz? Let's go. End of the world edition. Apocalypse is a progressive rock band formed in 1983 from what South American country? Venezuela. Brazil. Rob, you're correct. Brazil. (laughs) Point on the board for Rob. Next up. Apocalypse is a Marvel Comics villain mutant that has a penchant for recruiting other X-Men into what? Four Horsemen. Yeah. Okay. Points points all around. You guys are both right. Uh, The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. I have a feeling you just... We're waiting for me to answer. Exactly. That one. I, was. <laughs> I knew you'd get that right. <laughs> All right. Score is two to one. Question three Apocalypse is a Magic the Gathering trading card that removes all permanent cards from the game. What colored mana does it cost to play? Black. Yeah. Oh, Swamp. that is what? Swamp. Yeah, that is incorrect. <laughs> it is red. No. Oh. It, it is a three red, two colorless to cast. All right. I think I have that card. Damn it. <laughs> What a letdown, Rob. Yeah. All right. Question four. Apocalypse is a Six Flags roller coaster that is unique for what characteristic? Mm. Going backwards. Is it a, um, is, is it a, uh, uh, what do you call it? A, um, vertical launch? No, it is neither of these things. It's maybe not that unique in the grand scheme, but it's Six Flags version. It is made of wood. It is a all wood mm. roller coaster. Hmm. What's this? It's time for Rob's rebuke. The made up game show inside a game show inside of a podcast. Yes. Yes. Craig, I have two questions for you. All right. Lay them on me. So wait, so does Caleb not get to participate? Caleb can, but really this is for you. This is for you, Craig. All right. The theme here is apocalypse or societal upheaval. Oh. In the 1981 post-apocalyptic film Mad Max 2, released in the U.S. as the Road Warrior, we follow the titular Max as he attempts to help a besieged oil refinery escape the attacks of Lord Humongous. Is this an apocalypse or a social upheaval? The Is the movie a social upheaval or is the events leading up to the movie? Is like the a, movie. I think... I haven't actually seen this movie, so I'm going to say social upheaval because I don't think there is any actual apocalyptic event that takes place in that movie. Ooh, you're wrong. Uh, This is an apocalypse for the people in the oil refinery. Humongous (laughs) and his gang come in and destroy everything. It is completely ransacked and there's nothing left for them. They have to leave and find a new life. Okay. But if they're they're still alive, does that – because – Oh, a lot of people died. Oh, Okay. Because if if their way of life is what's ruined, is that just social upheaval? Mm, I think this is an apocalypse. Uh, all right, all right, I'll, all right, I'll give it to you. All right. Well, are Caleb, you gonna weigh in? No, no. <laughs> Next question. This, to, to our listener, this does have some antagonistic energy. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a little, there's a little bit of bit of comeuppance coming up here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
The second Russian Revolution started in 1917 and ended when the Bolshevik Party reconstituted itself into the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. Was this an apocalypse or a social upheaval? Social upheaval. Wrong. (laughs) Up to 12 million people died, and there were over a million refugees from the former Russian Empire in other countries. This was an apocalypse. Okay. Could you define for me real quick the difference between an apocalypse and a social upheaval? I'll tell you. I clearly don't understand. I phrased these questions in a way that whatever you said, Ah. I could just say the opposite. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. And, and that's the end. That's uh, the end of Rob's rebuke. <laughs> uh, we got we a whiplash back up a level. <laughs> so welcome back to Craig's Quiz. Do, do I get any points? Like, what, what, what do I do? I earn anything? Uh, you win a sort of new car, new to you car. Uh, this red mid 2000s Chevy has a cracked windshield and most of the buttons on the stereo still work. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I appreciate uh, Rob's rebuke. Th- thank you for the questions. I have, I have one last question to Craig's quiz. The score is for the, for those who are paying attention, it's still two to one last, last question in Craig's quiz. Apocalypse is a beverage brewed by 10 barrel brewing company that falls into what category of beer? Hmm. I am going to say IPA. I'm going to go the same one. Yep. All right. You are correct. It is an IPA. So with with uh, points awarded all around, that leads us at three to two. Rob, you are the winner of this week's Craig's Quiz. Yay. I did it. <laughs> Do you win the car back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guess what? <laughs> Caleb, I was describing your car. <laughs> that brings us to the end of Craig's quiz. I hope we all learned a little bit about how to define an apocalypse (laughs) what what an apocalypse means. Let's assume that some event has taken place in which society has collapsed, but the land is still livable. What attributes or skills do you have to, one, survive on your own, or two, offer a community to let you in and use their supplies? Well, I have been (laughs) working on my cobbling. Oh, yeah? Yeah, learning (laughs) to repair shoes and boots and even make my own. Are you serious? No. Oh, <laughs> but I was going to start asking all kinds of follow-up questions. Exactly. Ooh, okay, like, I want to know this, more about the. But letter. that is my plan. <laughs> if that ever happens, I'm running straight to the library and grabbing every book on cobbling I can find. See if you leave some milk out for the fae, they'll just cobble for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to have that only work because he was already a cobbler. Oh, okay. Oh, you need the skills to back it yeah. up. Okay pretense yeah <laughs> god i'd be useless in an apocalypse <laughs> like i got nothing i can i can do 45 minutes of hard work give me 45 <laughs> minutes of hard labor and I'll, I'll help you out yeah so 
but that that like forty five minutes. What's your what's like your 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 uh, reset timer? Like when when give can me twenty four next- hours. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's in the shade, bump it up to an hour. Okay. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I I used to be an EMT in a previous life. It feels like so I still have some basic first aid and medical treatment knowledge in the living somewhere in the back of my head. Um, I'd like to think that I'd just brush up on that and then I'd be all right. I could at least provide something. I can mm-hmm. tell people how to do stuff. I don't know <laughs> if I could actually do it. Yeah. Uh, work in tech. I've often wondered, I'm like, should I learn more about the physical hardware involved so that if society falls apart, we can work on like infrastructure. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, Gonna brush up on your collapse OS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing. That's a real thing. Yeah, no, I know. It's a, it's a good joke. <laughs> it's designed to work on Sega Genesis of all things. Oh, weird. Huh. Yeah. Well, because he thinks that they're ubiquitous. Hmm. They're just everywhere. Would it work on like the smart fridges? No. <laughs> no, it wouldn't work on really anything because you would need a Sega Genesis and a TV to get it to work. Oh, yeah. it's specific to Sega Genesis. Uh, it's. It's specific to the processor inside of it. So you could take that processor and put it and a lot of electronics of the day did use that processor, but like it's designed the way it is. Like it outputs to the screen of a Sega Genesis. Like it expects a Sega Genesis to be there and it is designed that a good programmer could change it, but you have to know Z80 assembly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what this guy's idea is. Yeah. Because it's honestly, I don't even know, you know, it, it doesn't have like a word processor. It doesn't have any kind of spreadsheet or even a calculator. Like you have to program everything for it. It's literally just the operating system. Jeez. I don't know what his plan is with it. I mean, at least give us a text editor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it does have one. Really? Yeah. So I'm going to be in mourning, but every time I turn on my Sega, I'm just going to hear that Sega. <laughs> And it's going to make it worse. Yeah. Think of of the bygone era. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I would have much to offer in terms of post-apocalyptic civilization. This is, this is a bit of a downer, but Carrie and I have talked about this at least once, maybe twice about like apocalyptic scenarios. And depending on how much foresight we have and we like how certain we are, it's happening. We'd probably just end it. Mm. (laughs) Like it just, it isn't worth trying to survive. (laughs) We just wouldn't make it. What are the scenarios each of you think you could survive or would want to survive? Ooh. I mean, definitely collapse of the United States. Like, that would be amazing. <laughs> like, I'm rooting for that one. <laughs> Which really, realistically would be an apocalypse because, you know, our energy grid would go down. Commerce would basically stop mm-hmm. and revert to a barter system, at least for a while. People would become mm. feral. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think, especially we live in a pretty small town here. I think our area would would do all right. It would take some time because our area is also incredibly right-wing individualistic. Yeah. So they're going to think, oh, every man for himself. I got my castle. But then they're going to realize, oh, shit, I need to share resources if I want water or anything. Mm-hmm. There's a fantastic book called One Second After, and it's the premise is a nuclear bomb is detonated in the atmosphere above the United States, and it, it's basically an EMP, knocks mm-hmm. out all electronics. So, like, everyone's fine, but nothing works. The book 
uh, follows a particular individual in, I think, Virginia, if I remember right. And how how they form their new society and how they they learn to work with each other and the, the struggles that they have to deal with and letting people in. And they, they literally screen people like, hey, you have to have a value that you add to the community to, mm-hmm. to join us. Otherwise, you're just you know a mouth to feed. Um, but at the end of the book, there it's not really like the savior, but like a, mil- a general comes through like he, he kept his army, his platoon or whatever uh, together, his company together. And like they're trying to restore some semblance of order. And they've been Mm -hmm. traveling around the United States, like figuring out how can we, you know, rebuild some of this infrastructure. And they talk about how of all the areas in the U S that, that fared after, or how everything fared after this, uh, this EMP, the Midwest did the best because it's where all the food's grown. Mm -hmm. Like we wouldn't really have to worry about food that much. Um, I mean, yeah, we'd have all the corn we could eat, but that's about it. Well, well, no, cause I, I think soybeans, (laughs) <laughs> you'd have all these late, you'd have all these people that suddenly they don't have a job. Like mm-hmm. so many people's job depends on tech that they would have to become farm laborers. Right. But we could still grow, raise crops and raise livestock. Do you think it would be something like into the badlands where you have basically these agrarian feudal lords who they say like, Hey, you guys can't do anything. I have all this land that is my land. Come work for me. I'll even let you stay in the farmhouse. Mm. I think, to your point earlier, especially in our area, that like the individualists, that mentality is too strong. Mm-hmm. Like I think people would still maybe band together and work together, but yep. they would definitely have a sense of like I'm owed something for my labor. Right. Like you don't have lordship over me. Mm-hmm. Like I come, I perform a service. You give me goods in return. Yeah. How long do you think? Like one second after something like that. How long do you think it would? B, before we got to some sense of civility, not normalcy, but at least just civility in this area. Um, I can say with full confidence that it would be almost immediate. Last year, we had a very bad rainstorm come through and it knocked out power in a lot of the towns. And water, tore up water trees. was more disruptive, right? In my opinion, the fact that we did not have well, water. Well, yeah, I was going to get there. Like, without oh, the oh, water, sorry. you know, the pumping stations don't work. And eventually, yeah, the water runs out. Yeah. You don't think about that because normally in a blackout that lasts a couple of hours, the reserves handle that. Mm. But yeah, this was a multi day event. And yeah, people didn't have any way to cook their food was spoiling in their refrigerator but i remember a local restaurant here the guy came out with a grill and was just feeding the neighborhood because mm-hmm. he had all his food that was about to spoil and he had nothing to do with it so i yeah, might as well get out and and grill out and and feed everybody who maybe doesn't have anything yeah i i would like to agree Rob, but I think that event was more civil because there was an end in sight. We were getting updates. They, we knew they were working on the problem and there mm-hmm. was at least an expectation that we were going to return to normalcy soon. I think if, if an event like that had gone on for a week, two weeks, mm-hmm. I, I think we might start to see some, some fraying of the edges in terms of civility and, and maybe, a bigger spike in anarchy. What does that look like for our area? You know, I mean, obviously we can expect anarchy in the city and what that looks like, but what Mm -hmm. would anarchy here look like in our small area? Hmm. 
I mean, I imagine a lot of property damage. Like, I think there'd be a, just a ton of theft. There'd literally, I think there would be looting. Mm. You know, if it, if it got to the point where, yes, like law enforcement is tied up trying to handle services or try to like manage the general populace, I think you have a lot of opportunity for crime. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's where it would start. We'd start with a lot of theft. The theft of what? I think a lot of people would think of just material goods first. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that a lot. Typically, I wouldn't expect looting to start with essential goods, like survival materials. Yeah, I think you'd see a lot of theft of like luxury goods first. Mm-hmm. But then again, if, if, if again, there's no end in sight, I think you would start to have people think of like, whoa, well, I got to make sure that I have food. Right. Um, and then I think you'd start to see a lot of um, degradation of, yeah, civility and politeness so, around who's eating. So when you say you'd see a lot of theft and looting, are you thinking that people are going to go into other folks' homes and take what they want it's or gonna, they're going to go into stores. It's going to be businesses first. Okay. I think absolutely f- first. I don't see that as a loss of civility. And here's why. <laughs> we consider ourselves a civilized society right now. And we still have that. that. That goes on right now. And yeah, given the opportunity of a weeks-long blackout, yeah, I could definitely see a lot of people breaking into Walmart in grabbing all the TVs and whatever. But first of all, I mean, there aren't really that many luxury goods in this area. Sure. Probably see people stealing like ATVs and maybe some tractors. But again, those are things that people would need, honestly. Yeah. Um, As long as they have the fuel for it, that's going to be a helpful thing to have. Mm. So at what point... In your guys' minds, in something like this, does something turn from looting to salvaging? You know, for for my own <laughs> survival. It's not stealing; it's appropriation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say. So, first of all, to make this perfectly clear, I think the looting would happen before it becomes salvage. But let's take my specific instance of Walmart. It's when Walmart pulls out and says, that store is a loss. We're not going back there. We don't expect that shit back. That is now it's salvage. It's, hey, there's stuff in there that I need and they don't want it. I also think so much of this depends on the scope. Like this this incident that happened last year, it was just our community. Mm-hmm. Like you could drive 10 minutes away and like there was still right. there was still power. There was still water. There was still food. It wasn't difficult and there wasn't the lingering fear of like, where's my next meal coming from? Like, how am I going to get water? Things mm-hmm. like, like we could make it happen. I think if like the at like the state level things got knocked out again, I think things would devolve much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just so, there's so many weird little I feel like tidbits that make that the, the, the situation unique to determine how fast we go feral, in my opinion. <laughs> I I just really don't think that people would go feral because, again, we've seen it multiple times in human history where there's a societal breakdown, but people keep living their lives. Mm -hmm. And human nature, despite what our current economic situation would have you believe, human nature is to help each other. We are fundamentally social creatures and we want to help people. How are you, Caleb? What do you think? How how fast do well, you think things would develop? Before before I answer, I just want to say I think it's really interesting 
both of you guys with your answers. You think things will collapse and, and you know, it, things are going to break down super fast. And Rob's like, we're going to help each other is reflected in your choice of apocalyptic media. Rob inherently looks towards hope mm-hmm. in his media and you're, you're the human race is fucked. Yeah. You know, and we're all inherently animals and there's validity to both, but I just find that really fascinating that that, that correlates to what you guys would actually hmm. think. I don't know. Okay. So what does, what does it say about you, Caleb, that you like zombie apocalypse? What do you, what is, what does that translate to your view of humanity? <laughs> that just says that Caleb wants to be able to shoot people with impunity. <laughs> That's basically it. He wants yes. to hunt the most dangerous game <laughs> and not have it hunt me back in a, in an active fashion. <laughs> or, or do you just assume that like most people are just mindless and hungry? Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's me. Can a man just love zombies? Can a man just love brain devouring you're creatures? Who, you're the one who started to dive in and like, oh, mm, there's deeper meaning here. <laughs> not for not for this guy. I'm all surface. I'm yeah. like, give me give me some of that pew pews with the Sometimes brain Sometimes a zombie is just a zombie. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. There's nothing going on up here. I'm just a big hunk of man with nothing going on. <laughs> So, but so so <laughs> Caleb in our area if there was a societal collapse what do you think would happen but it can't be zombies <laughs> I think honestly we would I think it'd be a quick delve into our animalistic instincts but I'm kind of with Rob I think we're a small enough area that we would all band together fairly yeah. quickly kind of depending on your community yeah you know and 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 to to your credit, Craig, I do think there are some people that are just not going to be helpful. They're not going to become part of that society. But I think we already know who those people are. <laughs> and they're kind of not invited. something I haven't really given a lot of thought to is the leaders in our area. I know of, and I have heard them speak the leaders in our local city council area. And like, there's a couple that I'd be like, yeah, I think in a post-apocalyptic or a societal collapse situation, they might have our best interest in mind, but there mm-hmm. are others on that council that I'm like, yeah, no, they would just, I think. Yeah. They're just doing it because they're doctors and they think that's what they need to do or right. lawyers yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just, I, I don't know. Like, how do you, I think that's a that's a tr- common trope of apocalyptic media mm-hmm. is like ah leaders emerge. Mm-hmm. It's just like I wonder how that would play out. Like who in our communities would would end up being so the leaders? This has come up a few times on of all shows, The Twilight Zone. Yeah, and people naturally and well, you know, this is 1950s America, but I think people would naturally look to the mayor or p- a police chief or. You know, someone who already has mm-hmm. some level of authority and say, okay, hey, look, you were in charge, so be in charge. What are we doing? <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't work out. And then kind of just somebody else steps up and says, hey, well, let's let's organize ourselves this way. Mm. And it, I think it would, it's really just whoever takes charge. But I do think that someone that's already in a position of authority – is poised to to do that if they have the skills to to naturally lead. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So 
we've been like basing this hypothetical on on an apocalypse that seems livable. Mm-hmm. What is something you wouldn't want to survive? Well, <laughs> there's the old trope of the best place to be in an atomic war is under the bomb because it's instant. Right. Yeah. Because you're either in the instant death zone or the slow death zone. Mm. And I think we're in the slow death zone. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think this is an incredibly difficult question to answer because we all, I think, have an inherent desire to survive. We we're want- our main characters. Yeah, exactly. We're our main characters. We have a desire to survive. But it's it's kind of ties back to Sun Tzu's hold the man over volcano and that's the day you truly know him. Like mm. you don't really know what you're willing to put up with. You don't really know what you can survive through until you're faced with it. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, or I should say when I have thought about this, I don't know how to answer this question. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what my personal limits and tolerances are for what am I willing to suffer through? Mm. Cause I haven't really had to suffer in my life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we're poised as a current populace? To survive something like that? Not. The answer is no, but I don't think that's as bad as it comes across. We're not poised to survive, but I do think we could figure it out. Yeah. We we would have a shift. Like, you know, in the last 70 years, humans have become incredibly specialized at what they do. Like, you know, you get an area of expertise. You become very good at that. That's, you know, how you earn your living and how you support yourself and the people around you potentially. But, you know, for thousands of years before that, everybody kind of had to be a generalist, at least Mm -hmm. to some degree. You had Mm -hmm. to at least be able to do the basics to provide for yourself. Had to be able to sew your clothes. You had to know something about cooking. Yeah. So we would, we would just have to flip that back. Mm -hmm. You know, we would have to, we'd still have specialists. You would still have people who are very good at doing one particular thing Mm -hmm. and they maybe provide those goods or services for trade and you can still get them. But everyone would have to have their base level of survivability increased, and and that that skill set is going to have to be is going to replace previous specializations. I mm-hmm. think. So I don't know. Does that answer your question? Like, I think we we're not. Po- I, yeah. I kind of agree with Rob. We're not poised <laughs> to do it, but I think we could. We're adaptable yeah. as a species. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Where um, do you stand? No. Just like no, just, not like just, we can't. No, I just don't. I think there's going to be a huge decline in like the people because a lot of people aren't going to be willing to adapt. Is my own opinion. Mm-hmm. I'd be one of them. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not uh, fit to live in that type of world. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a YouTube channel called Townsends where Wait, sorry, they it's what Townsends Townsends okay, like Towns Ends okay. Where they do a lot of uh, like 17th century history and it kind of started off. It's a guy who sells like historic clothing, but then he got into like he's kind of a historian and just reads up on this era of specifically American colonial life. And like he goes out on the weekends and just lives it. In like period accurate clothes, he got a bunch of his friends together. They built a log cabin. Hmm. And when you look at some of these guys, they are not like burly woodsmen. They are like like big dudes. And it's like, I had, I didn't think a guy like that could help build a <laughs> log cabin. But like they're doing it. Yeah. So you say that, but I think 
in that situation, especially if you were in a community that you cared about, I think you'd be capable of a lot more than you think you are. And I, I'd agree with that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think you said some similar at the beginning of like, you'll adapt. And and I think you don't know those limits to which you would adapt until yeah. you're in that situation. Mm-hmm. So quick question. What is scientifically possible in your mind that could happen to us and that you would like to see? Wait, we would like would to like you think it would be cool to see this go down as an apocalyptic scenario? Mm. Gamma ray burst. Yeah. <laughs> just burn off all life on Earth. <laughs> would that be instant or would that just be like, this is going to hurt for a few minutes? It would be instant if you were on the side facing the burst. <laughs> but it would still be very quick if you were not on that side of the Earth. Yeah. So what's what's a gamma ray burst? Uh, it, I don't remember what causes it, but it is, it's an intense and very focused blast of gamma rays. I think they come from supernovas or like when black holes collide or something. So, you know, when we say, uh, very focused, we're still talking about an area like tens of times the size of earth. Mm -hmm. And it is like more more gamma radiation in a second than the sun puts out in a million years or just some some crazy inconceivable amount yeah, like that. Yeah. And if it happens close enough to Earth and really for a gamma ray burst, they're so powerful that close enough to Earth is like within a quarter of the observable universe huh. and it's pointed directly at Earth because remember it is incredibly focused. But if it's pointed directly at Earth and it's close enough, it basically vaporizes everything on the surface of the Earth on that side of it. And then ignites the atmosphere and burns off everything on the other side. So what happens to the people on the other side? Um, A huge wall of fire comes after them and just burns them instantly. Which side would you rather be on? I mean, it'd be cool to see that wall of fire coming because <laughs> uh, with a gamma ray burst, you get no warning. It's yeah, just you're gone. Yeah. You, guys you don't a, get to enjoy it. <laughs> you guys have a weird definition of cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> just imagine a tsunami of fire. Like, that is a cool way to yeah, die. I'm it terrified. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I, I've ever thought of yeah an apocalyptic scenario of like yeah that'd be neat because like no, I, I'd, I, I'd like to see uh, cl- climate change and have a slow descent into death <laughs> because of famine I don't want that either yeah. <laughs> I don't want any, I don't, wall of fire yeah, man wall I of guess, fire I guess yeah if it's gonna I guess yeah if it's gonna have to happen the, the quick and painless one for everybody I guess is the better because <laughs> um, I couldn't finish don't look up it made me so uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, because I, I. So, asteroid narratives kind of make you uncomfortable. Well, or is not, it just that? It, no, it's not. It's not that it's specifically, it's asteroid narrative. It's this idea that we can see something coming and there's nothing we can do about it. And we have to just figure out what we're going to do with the time in between. Yeah. Uh, that made me really uncomfortable. Um, that was like my favorite part of it. Yeah. Because I was thinking, like, man, imagine you know for sure. That there's gonna be nothing after next week. That's a blank check, man. Yeah. Just have as much fun <laughs> as you want. I guess you could also you you could say that on like national television, but there's gonna be a lot of murdering. <laughs> <laughs> like people are gonna take that. I got a right. blank check to murder. Yeah. 
Well, but uh, if you knew that those people were going to be dead anyway in a week, doesn't like, matter. Why, why would you do the murder? I mean, unless you like really had a, an axe to grind. There's a uh, there's a book I read that it was really good called The Last Policeman. Basically, it's based this patrol officer who's elevated to detective because an asteroid is headed towards Earth and everybody's quit. So there's like <laughs> six months left, and there's a murder, and the and he's like, I got to solve this murder. So he's trying to solve this murder with six months left on Earth. And I thought it was interesting. And they gave him a reason why. I forget. It's been like 10 years since I sure. read it. But like there, there is a reason why he needs to solve this before huh. before the end of the, the end of the world. I am having knowing nothing about this story. I am expecting that the twist at the end is that the apocalypse doesn't come. Oh, it does. Oh, it does. It's oh, a okay. trilogy of books. Okay. So what what happens after the first book? So each book is a different mystery. So but he does solve the murder. All in the six months prior. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Really stretch it out. Yeah. <laughs> if I may say quick, though, spaghettification mm. from a black hole would be really cool to see. It hurt, but it'd be really cool to see. I don't think it would hurt. I, think I don't think you'd be able to feel it. it. And it might even, like, you might die even before yeah. the planet gets that far in. But, like, I think it's a cool concept. Mm-hmm. You know? What? I don't know that that counts as an apocalypse, though. Because we'd be dead beforehand? Or... Yeah. or I, you you got to add, oh. it's not just falling into a black hole. The black hole is like at the center of Earth or something. Oh, like it, like a black hole, like a rogue black hole yeah. comes by Earth yeah. and Earth yeah. is spaghettified. Yeah. yeah. Oh, or, man. Or, or some some, no, science that would, gr- some science group makes a black hole in like a lab and dude, then no, gets out would, of control. That would suck. You would die way before <laughs> it and it would not be comfortable because... Uh, it's the same as the gamma ray burst where like it ignites the atmosphere, but way slower. Cause first as the earth stretches, the rock heats up and we're talking like biblical floods of lava. Uh, eventually it gets to a point where all of the rock on earth does become lava. So like you, if you yeah, haven't already a giant died, game of the floor <laughs> yeah, is lava. If you haven't already died like by that point, <laughs> you're dying in a puddle of lava. Not when I'm on my couch, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it sounds worse now that you've gave me the specifics. Mm-hmm. All I imagined was people being stretched. <laughs> that sounds very sadistic. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean uh, to go down that you, route. If you Caleb, want, do I have a gadget for you? It's called the rack. <laughs> if you want a story about spaghettification, what's the one by Junji Ito? Uh, this hole was made for me. The Enigma oh. at Amagara Falls. Yeah, read that one. Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, super weird. Well, Caleb, do you want to stretch us out and take us out? There are, has are, to be a better way. To yeah, say that. That, that's very sexual. I don't know about that. If you, listener, have any particularly fun thoughts on how society might collapse or what you might do once it collapses, you can reach out to us at strikesarefancy at gmail.com, Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube, or you can go down to the details of this episode and click on the link and send us a voice message. Really appreciate it. Do it before it's before the end comes. Do it before it's too late. <laughs> you don't want to die having not commented on a podcast, <laughs> do you? <laughs> Thanks for listening. I've been Ramblin' Rob. I have been Hopeless Craig. (laughs) And this has been... This is the emergency broadcast system. Stand by for further information.
several reportings of a nuclear myth in the tech. Lee. 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 Lee.